Hey everyone, how you doing today? Good, I would hope. <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. Um, you know, I've been going through a lot of transitions lately. I've decided that I'm gonna start switching to they-them pronouns. I think I mentioned that I was considering uh, something along those lines in my first episode, and I've decided to go ahead and, and try that for a while, and because just out of, uh, I think it might fit better, you know. Because that's the interesting thing, as I explore my own gender identity more and more, the more I realize, you know, it really is quite a fluid, fluctuating thing that really I can find relation to in a lot of different people with a lot of different appearances and backgrounds and sort of situations, you know, because... You know, just there, there's definitely, at least, you know, in America, uh, there's definitely this emphasis on a lot of very toxic associations with, you know, classical gender identity. And I say classical in the sense of, you know, the, 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 the imagery and the associations and the ideas pushed on us by the state and religion and just historical precedents were... You know, uh, there's generally an association, I mean, again, big generalization, but generally there's an association where if you get assigned male at birth, you have to be strong and aggressive and big and not sensitive, which I suspect is just ultimately comes from the state wanting to train more soldiers who don't mind that they're killing people. <laughs> Pretty sure that's a large part of the reason why those ideas get pushed on us from the young age if you're assigned male. And while I don't claim to be an expert on what it's like to grow up uh, assigned the female gender, I, you know, at least from observation, um, it certainly seems like, oh, you know, there's a shit ton of problems with that one too. You know, it's like, oh, you get, if the state, if you're assigned female, you want to be you know, the state wants you to be quiet. The state historically wants you to be, you know, small. It wants you to be all these other terrible things that just aren't true. Very inauthentic. It's very inauthentic um, ideas that we've been pushed on for gender. Very untrue. Because with every idea you can establish as a generalization, there's about a billion exceptions. Which is why... I think the idea, you know, there being so many new pronouns more and more every day is such a wonderful thing. And I'm really happy that Generation Alpha is growing up with, growing up in a world where uh, non-binary and uh, pansexuality and bisexuality and just every tra trans rights are, are becoming more normalized. And obviously there's still issues, more so in certain places less so in other places but still there are there are issues and you know people there's a lot of brave people out there working through them to try and you know make it so that when a kid grows up in this world they can do so fully allowed to be who they truly are and that is a gift i think we should we should allow we should encourage every child to have because I know that there are a lot of people out there who might be listening who understands maybe what it's like to not be be encouraged to be the person you really are growing up. And 
also you would probably know just how terrible of a thing that really is. And so I can only hope that we as a society really start to to really en masse consistently teach that value and give that gift of, of self-knowing to the next generation because it is a gift that, that I think they, they should have. You know, it's certainly a gift I wish I had received more than I had. Um, I really wish I had been able to, to start going by they since I was, you know, three. But that's that's not an option that I was allowed. That's not an option that was ever presented to me in the place where I grew up. And that's something I was very, I'm very sad about. But the past is the past. And I've been learning more and more to try and let go of the past. Which... You know, I think doesn't mean ignoring it. It doesn't mean pretending it never happened. It just means accepting it for what it is and acknowledging that I can't change the past. But what I can do is, in the present, try and come to terms with it, try and accept it, try and thank it for the things that it gave me and acknowledge the hurts that it caused me and have both of those things be true. That's what I've been trying to do lately because, you know, I've been reading a lot about oneness and the idea of accepting the truth that we are all sort of this giant, weird little organism on a giant floating ball of dirt, which is also in itself the organism. And part of, you know, and I, I just, it's a very comforting idea to me, simply on the nature of that. You know, we, there's a very, you know, to know that everything on this planet came from this planet as an undeniable truth, which it is, is a very comforting realization because it doesn't ultimately mean, you know, that people are different or that, you know, things are different or that it ultimately by itself inherently even makes everything okay. It just means... It just means that everyone is family, whether you like it or not, because, you know, we all are the same group of atoms and the same group of cells that came from the same group of atoms and cells, which in turn came from the same star stuff and all the other same shit. And that's really an undeniable fact. And, you know, I ask myself if, if the word family should mean anything, if family should be described as anything, then... I think us all coming from the same physical matter as well as the same background of existence, which is this planet, then it, since those things are all true, then the word family to me kind of kind of seems accurate to describe really just about everyone, you know, and that doesn't, and that kind of explains a lot, I think, about how the human race operates, you know, because we're all pretty messy with each other. We're all pretty complicated and hard and confused about how we deal with each other and ourselves. And, you know, the then you think, oh, well, we're all family, so that makes sense. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, because, you know, what's more complicated than family? Not much, I would think. <laughs> Family's pretty complicated. I think a lot of people out there know what I'm talking about.
So the idea of seeing the human race's family, at least for me, makes a lot of sense because it explains a lot of the complication and a lot of the confusion, you know. But it also, you know, points to certain things with which which we should strive after, you know, because I think everyone will agree there are certain things that that help a family do better, you know. There's, you know, there's we all obviously want, I think, the same things with our family. We want our family to feel safe. We want our family to feel loved. We want our family to love us. And, you know, I think there's a lot of parts of the human family, of the Earth family, at this current juncture that struggle with those things. Uh, Some for good, some for bad reasons. And, you know, in this time of, you know, fear and anxiety in which we all live, a time of potential global disaster and potentially human ending you know this could potentially be the end of the human species within the next hundred years i i say to myself you know what do i want to do if this is the last couple if this is the last era of the earth family if this is the last time for the plants and the animals and us you know what is that what what should we what should i do as an individual and for me, that just means, you know, like if, if this is the last bit of civilization, this is the last bit of the world there ever will be, then I think what I would want to do is try and be, you know, it's, it sounds simple, but the simple things are usually reliable. And one, I want to be, I mentioned, I want to be safe. I want to be warm. I want to be loved. I want to love. I want to eat. I want to drink. Um, I want to have a relationship with the things that keep me alive in this world. I want to have a relationship with food that I grow. I want to have a relationship with the water that I gather. I want to have a relationship with the people in my life who I spend time with. And, you know, I want to know that regardless of what happens whether we make it or not that I spent my time doing something that mattered if no to if to nothing else mattered to me and what matters to me you know are those things and you know that's why I'm not too focused on you know jobs and such at the time you know I don't have a job right now and, you know, even though that's kind of putting me in a risky situation financially, I really just don't mind that much because what, what, how does it matter, you know? What does it matter to care about a job in the world that we are in, you know? It's why, it's why like, sometimes all I want to do in life is just go walk off into the woods, you know? Because, for God's sakes, if nothing else, at least the woods is magic, as I've described before. The woods is genuinely a magical place. And even if I were to die tomorrow, you know, from the nukes getting launched, at least then, if I walked into the woods, I would die in a magical wonderland. Which, you know, there are certainly worse deaths in the world than to die in a place that beautiful as the woods, as is nature. You know, like sometimes, you know, like what I'm doing right now, for instance, is uh, my car just got repossessed and I'm just letting them take it. I'm not going to try and get it back. I'm not going to, 
you know, because I mentioned I, I don't want to drive anymore because I don't want to pollute the planet anymore because I'm that desperate to fix something about pollution and climate change that I'm willing to just let my car be repossessed without doing anything to get it back because I would rather allow that to happen than to contribute even a little bit more to, to climate change. And it's not that I, I still don't, obviously. I, I have to eat and food is wrapped in fucking plastic and all other kinds of shit. So it's not like I'm still not contributing, but at least I'm not driving anymore, which was the biggest thing, at least as I'm aware that I was I was doing to contribute to climate change and I'm not doing it anymore. And I'm just going to and it's it's freeing. It's freeing to let that giant hunk of metal and death that I was allowing to to define my life, not to define my life anymore. And even the consequences for me are kind of horrible because I might have to deal with homelessness and you know other th and and lack of food and water it is still even in spite of that it is still so i don't know i feel free i feel free for the first time in a very long time because i'm not working so i'm not allowing my time to be defined by some arbitrary position uh that gives arbitrary rewards I'm not allowing my my sense of value pe to be defined by the possessions I have or the things which I carry. I'm, I'm allowing those things to mean nothing to me because they do mean nothing to me at the end of the day. They're just, you know, because I'm, I'm an animal. I am a little meat sack. And what matters to me, as I've said, being warm, uh, being fed, being hydrated, and loving and being loved and having relationships. And the truth is, I'm realizing, and I didn't, I didn't used to believe this. I didn't used to believe I could have those things without money. I used to very much believe that, you know, because in America we're taught to an insane, ex insane extent that money is everything, and without money you are powerless. When that is simply not true. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand that, you know, it's true that without money you suffer serious disadvantages in this world. But at the end of the day, you know, money money's an illusion. It's not real. Money is just this thing we decided on thousands of years ago. It's just this arbitrary system for distributing value and distributing things and resources. You know, and I ask you, dear listeners, if we, if the system which we should distribute things um, and resources is arbitrary no matter what, then why not make it the best arbitrary that we know? And the best arbitrary I know, if nothing else, is love and respect. You know, I ask you seriously, you know, in this world in which we really have nothing left to lose, you know, why not make a system that is defined by, solely defined by the love and respect that we give our neighbor and nothing else? You know, I ask you, is it so, is it truly so insane in this insane world we live in to think that what defines how much food and water someone should have, how much safety someone should have, how much warmth someone should have, should be based on nothing else other than the fact that they are a human being who deserves those things? I think not. I think it is completely rational 
to to have those be the only criteria with which someone should receive things. I think it is completely rational that a person should receive food and water and safety and warmth solely because they are a human being and no other reason. Because what other reason do you need? That they work? I mean, it's important that, you know, as people we contribute to the happiness and welfare of other human beings. But at the end of the day, you know, family means looking out for family. And I ask, you know, and, you know, I, you know, it's like if, if a farmer were to rate, grow food and that farmer were to decide, I'm going to give this food to uh, an engineer and the engineer can in turn fix my stuff for me because the engineer is a friend of mine and I can give the engineer food and that has, that has to be it, you know. Why not? Why not do that? It's how we did it for a very long time. Money wasn't always a thing in human history. For a very long time, we didn't use money, which is, you know, proof that money doesn't need to define the world. And, you know, I've gotten to a place in my life where, you know, I've decided, I think, that I just don't want it anymore. I just don't want to, I don't want to be defined by the number in my bank account and I don't want to define others by the numbers in their bank accounts I want to give that which I have freely to people that I care about and have them in turn give the things they have to me freely because they care about me and I want that to be it I want it I want that to be all there is I want that I don't want arbitrary systems i don't want to pretend that the reason things suck in the world is because of inflation which isn't real or any of the other things which isn't real and when i say when i when i mean again what i mean by they aren't real is i mean that we can all agree inflation exists if every human being in the world disappeared just just poof disappeared one day obviously inflation wouldn't exist anymore because inflation and the economy are just abstract concepts that exist only in our heads. And so because of that, I think we underestimate the deep power that we have over them and to define them. Because, you know, if we see, if we all collectively one day were to be like, hey, money's not real anymore, then it would cease to be real. Because we are what keeps it real. We are what keeps the system of money working and powerful and in check and active and you know my i i dream of a world where you know i don't go to the supermarket and hand these arbitrary bills that i got for doing arbitrary work at my job to get arbitrarily created food i i go to someone who who spent what i want is to go to someone who spent time and emotion investing in the land they are on uh to forge a relationship with the food they grew and for me to have a relationship with that person and thus have a relationship with the food they grow and i can i can offer them something of worth that i can of true worth that i can provide uh which for me would probably be you know a story or art of some sort i'm a i think i'm a storyteller ultimately is what i am and you know, I would I would like to be able to tell a story and get food in exchange for it and have it be that simple. I think it can be because it was it was that simple for a very long time in history. 
You know, if you lived in a village in the middle of nowhere 2,000 years ago, what defined, you know, what what kept you fed was what your neighbors did. It's like, oh, you know, Tom over there uh, has, you know, fucking food that they're, they're growing, and then Lisa over here, you know, is a very skilled crafter. So Lisa crafts things for people, and in exchange, Tom gives food. And so both parties benefit, and I really don't see... You know, and I would, I would ask, you know, in this time of excessive complexity and this time of impossible, you know, anxiety that we live in, that maybe we should focus on those fundamentals, that we should practice as much as possible the giving of things and the receiving of things based solely on the care with which we, we put into them, you know. I, I think we that is a doable thing because it was doable and it was the the standard for such a long time. And I think, you know, we should try and go back to reclaim a lot of that. We should try and reclaim a lot of those those values which our ancestors have, have lost, uh, had, and that we have lost in the modern day. Because they really are quite so important. I think it's so important because I don't know about you, but... Anytime I give something to, say, my friends, right, like, you know, like, sometimes my friends will, because, like, okay, so, for example, like, it's a small example, but one thing I've done in my life is, you know, like, oh, I help my friends move, and in exchange, my friends have bought me food, or have made me food, which I prefer, you know, this is, that's a situation where, you know, really the only money existed prior to that, but in the moment, you know, there was no money. There was just me, my feelings, them, their feelings, and the actions we took, and that was it. And it was so rewarding. It was so rewarding to have the entire situation just just be about the feelings we had and the actions we decided to take and not bureaucracy or bank accounts or any of that nonsense, you know? And I just, I just have come to a point in my life where I just want that so badly. I just want that, that so badly. And I've gotten, and I want it so badly that I'm really just giving up everything because I, I don't want to contribute to a world of number counting anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want that world anymore. It's been a long, it's been, it's been going on, that kind of world's been around for a while. And I think the fact that the world is literally ending maybe kind of proves that that world doesn't work and that we should try as a society to not have that world anymore, to not have a world based on numbers. You know, it's a terrible thing to have a world based on numbers, and we should, I think, try and not have it anymore. Um, at least I think so. Me, random podcast person on the Internet, who you all don't know well you kind of know at this point if you're one of my repeat listeners because I, I spiel so much emotional personal shit <laughs> to random strangers that at this point you kind of do know me even though i don't know you very well i'd like to know you all very well i'm sure a lot of you are very interesting and have very cool stories to tell but yeah i, w I would just ask you as you know one human being to another please consider living without numbers please you know, if if you can just do one thing tomorrow that doesn't involve money, maybe do it and see how you feel. 
because there's a good chance you'll feel it'll make you feel a lot better than you thought and you'll feel a lot more free than you thought I certainly feel a lot more free than I thought I didn't expect to feel this good about basically about being homeless because of the good I'm doing for the planet and the fact that for the first time I'm realizing in my life of the fact that money isn't real I'm realizing that truly for the first time because I don't have it anymore my bank account is literally in the negative and all my stuff's about to be gone and I'm I feel free I feel I feel free and I didn't expect to feel free and now I now I'm thinking how tragic it is because I wonder if you know I'm thinking oh if I was raised to never have valued that money if I was raised to never have valued those numbers I would have been free since I was a kid and you know I I mourn the loss of that experience I mourn the loss of that freedom that I I did not realize I didn't have <sighs> so if you're out there and you're a person and you're sick and tired of of living the world living your life based on numbers or you're sick and tired of what defines your anxiety or your emotional state for that day is what news you get in the mail about what finances maybe just remember that even though the consequences could be horrible you can just say you can just ignore it and you can and you can ignore it even though the consequences might be that you starve to death or that your children starve to death you know, and the reason I ask you to consider that is because you might not starve to death. You might be able to find food through generosity. You know, there are people who live their whole life homeless, and obviously that's not something anybody should want. But at the same time, I also think something nobody should want is to live a life based on numbers. And, you know, for me, it's gotten to the point where I just can't live a life based on numbers anymore. I can't do it. It hurts too much. It it takes too much from me. And I think a lot of people out there, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you know the drain that caring about things and money places on you. You know the loss which you feel emotionally when those things allow are the the most important things in your life or even in the moment. And it just it just seems even more ridiculous in the space in the in the context that the world is ending. So, I mean, if the world wasn't ending, you know, I could probably I'd probably end up convincing myself that I should I should focus on the money and all the numbers and bullshit just because it is how it is. But it's not how it is really. It's how I how we've all contributed to the idea that it is. And that's different. Take a breath, is what I'm saying. Just whoever you are, just remember. Take a couple breaths. Look at the trees. Look at the grass. Feel the trees. Feel the grass. And remember, oh yeah, it's not real. <laughs> and then make a decision. <sighs> That's really all I had to say. I know it's it's not a ton of content for this weekend. I haven't been 
too much in a podcasting mood, and at least I've, you know, as I've said, I've been very upfront about the fact that, you know, this podcast is mostly about my own mental health situation, and, it, and you know, is the least professional thing in the world. So, because I hate professionality, I think it's an excuse to not be human a lot of the time. <sighs> All right, well... Again, I will ask um, if there is one thing that any of you out there would like to do for me. Um, I would really appreciate just sharing the podcast with anybody who will give it a shot because it really helps me out emotionally to to see that more people are listening. It makes me feel like I'm I'm saying something of genuine worth. And I like feeling like that. I like feeling like my words are mattering to people. So if you'd be willing to to help me feel that way more, I would really appreciate that. And the best way you can do that is just by sharing it with people you care about. You know, maybe there's, if you know someone who numbers are, are really defining their life, they're stressed out about money, maybe share this episode of the podcast with them. And maybe it'll help them gain some perspective maybe it'll help them just if nothing else maybe maybe relax for a half an hour and contextualize some things <sighs> sorry i just i just was scratching the inner part of my ear um and i feel like i got picked up on the microphone oh dear i'll do it again it's probably a gross sound <laughs> oh, i like being kind of gross i think it's important to be kind of gross as a human being not like like gross in the sense of just like not always bathing because it's important to remember at the end of the day, at least for me, that I'm a stinky, gross animal. <sighs> All right, everyone. Again, please share. Um, if you would like to donate anything, um, I, I repeat what I said, that I would like a world without money. And... You know what? So because of that, um, you know what? Don't contribute to my Kofi. Don't do it. Instead, just pass it around. Just pass this around with whoever you would like. Hey, don't give me any money. I'm actively asking you to not give me any money. And just breathe because the world can be horrifying and scary. And in these times of uncertainty and, and fear, I think it's important that we all take a second and breathe. Just take a moment, any moment, and breathe, because it helps. It helps a lot. <sighs> Just like that. <laughs> Alright, everyone. You have a good day. Um, you have a good week. You have a good life. If I don't hear from you because the nukes get dropped or global warming kills me, then you have a good life. And if I do hear from you and you do hear from me, then we'll keep on a talking. All right. Good day, everyone. <laughs>